come back to the LLC. Amen. And so what I was talking about tonight is that we were talking about just in that in-between space that we should be, what, what we should be doing. And so Jesus, it's interesting that the Bible speaks of Jesus. Um, the Bible talks about in the uh, book of Acts, what was Jesus doing in those 40 of the 50 days? Because he was only here for the 40 days. And then he left. And then there were 10 more days that the disciples had to wait for the Lord. And, and, and I feel this in my spirit that there's just this wait on the Lord that we're waiting for. We're waiting on the Lord. And I, I would want to say that Pentecost is a time in which things get activated, things get released. Um, um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a time of, of pivoting. I feel that there's a pivoting that's going to happen in the body of Christ where people are going to shift into something else. They're going to move from one thing to the next thing or to pivot um, is to, you know, turn from this direction to another direction and head in the direction God has them to go. And I really feel that there's, there's a, there's a waiting, there's a, there's a covering things in prayer, but then there's an activation that's going to happen. That's going to activate so that you can step into what God has. And so we're going to look at just a few things tonight. Um, in the book of Acts in chapter one, uh, Jesus was talking to them and Jesus talks to them in verse three, chapter one and verse three of book of Acts. It says this, to whom he showed himself alive after this passion, many infallible proofs that he was risen from the dead. He, he spent time 40 days speaking about the things pertaining to the kingdom. So we know that Jesus taught the kingdom of God while he was here in the flesh on the earth. And after the resurrection, he began to tell them more things about the kingdom. But the one thing that um, I knew to be true or the Bible talks about a lot is that every time Jesus would tell them something and give them, um, fill them up with a lot of wisdom and understanding, they fully didn't understand. He would tell them and give them this expression. He says that the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to understand what I'm saying. We cannot understand God's will or his way without the breath of the Spirit. We need the breath of the Spirit breathing on anything. You can read the word, you can sit with the word, you can sit with the word, but you need the breath of God breathing on those scriptures to illuminate so that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened so that you would know what God's expectation is, what he desires, what he's speaking to you in that moment. And so many times Jesus would tell them that, you know, they didn't understand when he went to go to the mountain to be transfigured before them. He tells him after coming down from that encounter, witnessing who Jesus is in, in, in all his totality, he takes off the flesh and he sees the brightness of his glory. They get to witness it. The father allows three of the, the, uh, the 12 apostles to see this. But then Jesus tells them, don't tell anybody until after I've risen. Why? They didn't understand what was going on. A lot of what Jesus was telling them, they did not understand until it was time for them to be activated. And then when the spirit of the Lord, when the deutimous power of God fell on them, it activated it. Oh, it, it breathed fresh breath on the words that he heard. And all of a sudden, everything came to life. And they understood. They knew now why, what Jesus and why he had to do what he had to do. Because when Jesus would tell them, I'm going to die, they didn't understand him dying. They always had this 
preconceived thought that the Messiah was going to come and he was going to establish his kingdom now and he was going to rid them of who? Of Rome. He was, a lot of the Jews believe he was a lot like, he was going to be like Moses did. Moses was the greatest prophet that the Jews loved, that they embraced. They feel the Messiah was going to be like him. He was going to rid them of their, their oppressors, who was Rome. Like Moses uh, got rid of, uh, um, through the power of God, got rid of uh, subdued Egypt. And so they were looking for Jesus to do the same thing. But when you read scripture and read, if they would have read Isaiah 53, they would have understood that the, the Messiah was coming to suffer first. Then he was going to come and reign later down the road, but he had to suffer first so that he would actually redeem us because we needed to be redeemed. And so Jesus is telling him here in the next 40 days, he says, here, I'm, I'm showing you the kingdom. I'm giving you some final things about the kingdom. And then he gets to this part here and he tells them in verse four, and he says, and be assembled together them and commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. So he tells them, I want you to go back to Jerusalem. And he says, I want you to wait for the promise. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he says he will send to you. The John said this, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire not many days after this. And when they, when they therefore had come together, they had asked him saying, Lord, when will you restore when would be the time that you restore your kingdom to Israel? And the Lord said, it is not for you to know the time and seasons which the Father has put in his power. But ye shall receive power. Activation, power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and uh, most parts of the world. And Jesus tells him there, he says, I want you to go wait. And what he was asking, I want you to go wait 10 days. Now, the number 10 is divine responsibility. The number 10 is also too, um, is also uh, not just divine responsibility, but uh, it's also God's uh, divine interruption. He's interrupting things. And so there is a redemption in the number 10 too. God is redeeming things. And so, um, and so here it is, God tells him, no, I want you to wait 10 days. I want you to sit for 10 days and I want you to wait. What were they doing? They were praying. God was telling them, I want you to wait. And so and so I believe God was really saying in this season and time, even though we are not waiting for the Holy Spirit to fall, that we can have an impartation, a wave after wave after wave, but that every feast is an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to release something. Um, God has always got some initially he wants to release at each feast times because each one of these feasts were not just made for the Jewish people. They were made for the people of God. They were made to be uh, celebrated for what? For all times, forever. This, these were feast times that God made that he would interact and do amazing things for his people. And so there's this sense that God is calling his children to pray, to begin to pray. There are some things that you are contending for, but them, those things that you're contending for need to be dealt with in prayer. That this is the moment where you're taking your time. And this year, um, Pentecost falls on the 28th of May. So we still got some time, time off, time there. But I believe in this time that we need to be praying and seeking the Lord. And really, really waiting on him. And that's what he told him to do. He said, I want you to wait. And they were excited about 
Jesus. They were excited about the kingdom. They were excited about everything. And we can get excited sometimes about the things that God wants to do or what God is going to do or what God says he's going to do. And we can get excited about those things. But we, the first thing that we should do is cover it in prayer. We should wait on the Lord and wait and be of good courage. Wait for him to strengthen your heart. Wait, 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 wait. Why do we wait? We're waiting on him because we're allowing him to prepare us. Prayer has the ability to build your faith. Why should we wait in prayer? The Bible says in Jude chapter, uh, Jude chapter 1 verse 19, it says to pray in the spirit to build yourself in your most holy faith. When you pray in the spirit and you're praying, you're building your ability, you're building faith up. Faith is being built up as you pray in the spirit because when you're praying in your heavenly language, you are praying the will of the Father. But prayer also has this ability to complete, to increase your capacity to host whatever God is doing. And so when you get in those spaces where you're intently praying, waiting, praying, you are increasing, you are preparing yourself to receive what God wants to do here on earth as it is in heaven. We'll take a step back forward. Now, when they were praying, what were they supposed to pray? You know, did Jesus tell them what they were supposed to pray? Well, yes. In Matthew chapter 6, the Lord tells them, what they were supposed to pray. And I believe they prayed this while they were waiting. They prayed this, they prayed this, they prayed this. And Jesus tells them here in Matthew chapter six, verse nine, it says, and after this manner, or verse seven, it says, but when you pray, use not vain reputation as the heathens do, for they think that they should be heard by much speaking. Verse eight, it says, but be not therefore like unto them for your father knoweth the things that you have need of. So the father knows what the things you have need of already. He already knows what you have need of. So prayer is really not just this place to bring your needs constantly, but it's a place of interaction. It's a place of uh, communicating. It's a place of talking to the Lord, talking to the one who saved you and hearing his heart, hearing what he has in store. For you hearing what he wants to do in your day or in your week or in this new season jesus said that that i only do and say what my father's doing and saying i only do those things where did jesus see these things jesus would take time to pray and in prayer as he communed with the father the father would reveal to him what was to happen that next day where he was supposed to go to minister, what things that were supposed to be fulfilled. The Father revealed to him, and he did those things that Jesus said this. He said, I can do nothing of myself except the Father leads and guides me. And so the Father is leading and guiding him to do what he needs to do. And so, and so that's what prayer is for. Prayer is for that reason, to lead and guide so that we can do what we need to do. Does that make sense? And so when we talk to the Lord, it's not just about bringing your needs. He already knows what you have need of. He already knows what you have need of. It is about communicating with him. It's about hearing his will. So if you're praying in the spirit, you're praying the will of God. You're praying what's on the Father's heart because the Bible says the Holy Spirit is there to reveal what? The, the, the nature, to reveal the, the heart of God. He's there to reveal, he's there to show you what things are to come. He's there to reveal some things that need to be revealed unto you. And so that's what the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is there too, to teach you all things. So he's not only there to tell you what the Father's talking about, but he's here to give you revelation. He's here to give you wisdom. 
and uh, and how to how to operate, how to proceed, how to how to move in this, how to where to turn or where not to turn. The Holy Spirit is there to reveal all that. And so when you're in prayer, you're getting a full full instructions about a matter, about a season, about a thing. If you if you if you take the time and seek him. And so he tells him here in Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 it says, "And after this manner, therefore pray our Father which art in heaven. Holy is thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done." on earth they were praying for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven that is that is the 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 central theme of our time in prayer is that we are to pray his will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven that's what we should be praying we should be praying that continuously what is his will to be done now you may say in your heart, well, God, I want some things. I, I want some things too. And the Lord said, hold on. I already told you. I know what you have need of. He said what in Matthew 6, 33, he says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and what? And all these things shall be added unto you. So make God the central theme. Make God the center of all things. And when you do that, he knows how to add to your life. He knows the very things that you need at every stage, every destination point of your life. He knows how to add. He doesn't just add one time. He adds continuously to your life what you need in those moments. And we just need to be ready to receive it. Prayer prepares you. It gives you the capacity to receive that which is coming into your life. It's like it's almost like it's like the, the, the analogy of the new wine. New wine can't go into old wineskins. Most of you guys know this. Because why? When you put new wine into old wineskins, the wineskins have already expanded to its full capacity. So it can't expand anymore. And so if new wine goes into old wineskins and it begins to start the process of fermenting, the wineskin that's containing the wine is going to expand up beyond its ability it's beyond its ability to contain and it's going to explode and no new wine is going to be wasted you are the new wine skins that the lord has given so there's no a lot of times we pray that scripture lord new wine skins we have to receive new wine skins no you are the new wine skin in prayer what it is is that your your ability to host what god has given you is through prayer as you pray you are expanding you are increasing your ability to receive what God has. You don't want to be trying to receive something that the Lord is ready to give you and you are not ready to receive it because you have not covered your, your thing in prayer. You have not spent time and allowed yourself to be ready. God always prepares us. He wants to prepare us for the new things that come in our life. The Bible says, will I not tell you about the new things in your life? Yes, I will. He says, Lord, I will reveal the new things before they come. He will prepare you to remove the old things. That's why he tells you in um, Isaiah 43, 18, he says, he says, forget the former things. Let those things go. Put them in the rearview mirror and, and drive far away from them. Leave them behind. Because why? They are your past. They're not your present or your future. They are not going to go with you. We can't take what we did in the past with us. We can learn from it, but we cannot take it with us. And Jesus says, Jesus says, uh, 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 well, Isaiah said that, you know, let those things go, let the former things go. Even, 
even in old seasons where you did certain things a certain way in old seasons, sometimes in new seasons, the way you did this, you can't do it that way anymore. It's, it was for that season. You, you have to be open to new ways and new things to do. That's why the Bible says if you're going to receive the kingdom of God or anything from the kingdom of God, you have to be a child. Why? Because the children always remain teachable. They're always teachable and they're always ready to do what, what, what their parents want them to do. But Jesus said, if you stay like one of these, you will experience the kingdom. You will experience the kingdom. It's when we start overthinking it. It's when we start thinking we need to think for God or we need to help God with some stuff or we, or we think that we got this, that we get ourselves in trouble and we miss what the kingdom has. God has thought about everything. He's considered everything. He's thought about everything that needs to be thought about. The question is, do you trust him? Do you trust him? Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lead not to thy own understanding. But in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will what? Direct your path. He knows where you're supposed to go. He, each and every one of us on here, God has designed your life. The Bible says in Psalms 139, he has fashioned your days after the manner of you. He's conditioned those days according to you. Hence what Jesus said that God will give you nothing, will, give you, will not give you more than you can bear. Why? Because the days that he has given you in Psalms 39, David has this revelation that God fashioned every day according to you. So you have the ability to get through the day that God has created for you because God made them according to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We need to hold on to that and know these are promises, these are truths that we need to hold on to so that when we face something, not only is our day filled with goodness and mercy as we make God our habitation, but our day is met with us by God's grace and mercy meets us freshly every day. Every day, grace and mercy comes to aid us. What is grace? Grace is God's ability to do what we could not do in our own strength. But grace is also what? Grace is also the favor of God to open doors, to make ways, to bring the right people across your path, to uh, bring your destiny helpers or your benefactors or Lord, or to get you into places that would normally be close to you. God's favorite grace rests upon you to open and access those things because why the kingdom that we come from is is sovereign over the kingdom of this world and so you want to move and breathe in that and so as we acknowledge the lord in all our ways he will direct your path he will let you know at this point here two months he, he could say it like this two weeks from now you're going to have a door open for you and this door is going to open and you are to walk through it and take no one with you. This is for you. And then you are to walk through that door. And then three days later, there's going to be another door that's going to walk in and you're supposed to walk through that door. And then the Lord, the Lord is very detailed in what he does because he wants his children to get to each destination point that they're supposed to get to. It's not just this big destiny, destiny moment that you're waiting for, but there are destination points along the way until you are ready to be, leave here 
in, 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 in the form of the rapture or, or God takes you through natural causes. There are destination points. There are people. There are things that you're supposed to meet. And we need to be prayerful about each stage. The Bible says he moves us from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And so if that be true, then we need to increase our capacity to host that new realm of faith, that new level of faith or that new realm of glory. The Bible says the present struggles and challenges that we go through when we're in the in-between space is in no comparisons to the glory of God that shall be revealed in us, the glory of God that shall be manifested in us, the glory of God that shall be flowing through us on display because we are a book written by God. We are a, a, a living epistle read by men. Men are going to read, look at your life and see who God is. They're going to get to see the glorious one through your life. As they hang out, as they fellowship, they're going to see who Jesus is. So don't sell yourself short. You are amazing and God has some amazing things that he has left down in here. And he is ready for those things to come. It's interesting. I love, I love this analogy of a seed. When you think of a seed and you want to plant something. And you're planting apples or peaches or roses or um or carnations or or whatever you are planting or some vegetables you're planting in that seed contains everything that this fruit tree plant is supposed to be everything is in it everything is in it everything is in it i'm saying that for a reason everything is in it you and i were a seed from our our dad and it went into mom's egg and impregnated it, it fertilized her egg and we became a living individual a living soul well that seed had all the details from mom and dad about who you are where you're going god also too has spoken about you so it's not just the mom the dad seed or mom's egg but it's god's seed too that's on your life because people don't make babies god does god decides when children need to be born are you hearing me we need to understand that so that means what does that tell you that means everybody who has ever been born on the earth has been born with a purpose because our god is intentional our God is intentional about all that he does. When you read from Genesis to Revelation, you see the intentionality of the Lord. He is very intentional about what he's doing. And so he has given his seed, he's planted his will and way in your life, in the seed that consists of you. Your parents give you your humanity. Your parents give you uh, the characteristics, your traits, and these things that you get from your mom and dad. But there are things that you get from the Lord that he has to redeem and that's why on this side of glory you have to be redeemed that's why salvation was already here waiting for you to redeem you because why without redemption that which is planted in you has no purpose are you hear what I'm saying and so that's why it's important for us to pray it's important for us to constantly commune with the one who made us Prayer is something not just for the intercessors who are named intercessors. Prayer was the work of the, the believer. It was a way for the believers to 
to communicate with the Lord. It was a way to bring petitions before the Lord. It was a way to intercede on behalf of your fellow, your family members or your friends that you're contending for. Prayer was something that we ought to do always. We should always be in communication with the Lord. It was not just for the intercessor, it was for the everyday person. Jesus modeled this. And that's how Jesus knew every step of the way what he was supposed to do, what he was not supposed to do, what he was supposed to fulfill, what things needed to be done before he got to the cross. Because the Father showed him everything. And he tells the Father in John 17, he says, everything that you have given me in the word and in the glory, I have given them so that they can carry on in my, in my, in my absence and do that which I finish and, and take it to the utmost parts of the world. And so we understand God's will being done here on earth as it is in heaven. That means in heaven, the God's will has already been done. It's been done before the foundations of the earth. But what it needs to be done is here in our time, in this realm. In this realm is the realm of manifestation. That's why you ought to pray, because when you're praying, you're not just preparing, but you're pulling those things here. When you read the Psalms, and you read the Psalms, Psalms is a good book to read, even when you're fasting. You should read the Psalms. Psalms is really good to read, because there are times that David's Psalms that he would sing, he would get revelation about times that were thousands of years ahead of him. He got revelation on things that Jesus would say on the cross, or what Jesus would say to a, a believer through his intercession through his prayer through his spending time with the lord god would allow him to hear prophetically things that were not in his time but in in a time to come <clears throat> so that when you read it here in the psalms you would hear jesus quoting it but jesus was quoting it long before before the foundations of the earth it just came into in our time at the designated time that God wanted those things to come. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is that the earth is catching up to heaven. And so that's why he says, you pray heaven's will, my will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven because God's will is already done and settled and finished in heaven, but it needs to be played out here so that heaven and earth can come into one again and they can move and, and, and oneness like they did because in the beginning when God created everything heaven and earth was on the same page it was because of the fall that heaven fell behind I mean excuse me the earth fell behind and so we playing catch up but that was not so since the beginning because remember when he separated the heavens and the earth he, they were all one they consisted of this oneness they had this oneness they were moving at the same pace at the same time because why everything was perfect everything was right before the Lord and so now we ought to pray even that much more. And so we're in this space, in this season between Passover and Pentecost. And we're in this space where God is drawing us near. Maybe he's canceled your schedule. Maybe he's allowed some things not to, to, to flow the way you want because there is something he wants from you. There's this engaging, there's this connection, there's this wanting to talk with you. And sometimes in the busyness of our lives, we are too busy. We just moving, moving, moving from one day to the next, doing the various things. And sometimes we don't stop enough and engage the Lord. We don't have enough time to seek out time or make time for him. And I, I would encourage you to make time for him because there's some things he wants to tell you 
about this new season. He wants to tell you about the seasons to come. He wants to tell you about the right now. And not only does he just want to talk to you to tell you things, prayer was also a way to commune with the Lord. God loves to commune with us. He loves just to be with us. Have you ever sat someplace and you just felt the presence of the Lord come? And the Lord didn't really say anything, but just the presence rested. God loves his children. He loves to be with his children. I, there are times for me when I'm sitting someplace and I can feel the presence of the Lord just show up. And I'll just, I'll just kind of wait silently, kind of waiting. Okay, Lord, do you want to say something? You know, so I turn my heart and my attention towards him and I'm ready to engage. I'm ready. And sometimes the Lord doesn't say anything. It's just this, I just want to be with you. I just want to rest in you. I want I just wanted to manifest upon you. I, I just, it's like the Lord just, and he has all the freedom. He can come and he can just show himself. But even in, even in just him wanting to be with us, there's an intentionality that he has, that he is fully focused and fully ready to engage us. And it's not to say that you can't say anything to him. There are times I just say, well, Lord, what, what's on your heart? And God, sometimes he's so amazing and he's so loving. He'll say you. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> you know, you would think sometimes he would say world events or or this thing over here, or that thing over here, that God is so mindful of everything that none of those things get in the way of him being mindful of you. He is so mindful of you and wants to engage you and wants to be a part of your life and be where you are. And so prayer is an important piece for us to walk in, to embrace, to run with. Because why? We get to commune with him. We get to prepare ourselves to receive the new things that he's bringing in as we spend time with him. <clears throat> Amen. And so Jesus is telling them, I want you to pray. Pray. I want you to spend time. I want you to wait 10 days and pray. I want you to contend. <clears throat> Now, the Bible says there were 120 people in the room. Peter says that Jesus showed himself to more than 500 people before he ascended into heaven. The question is, were there more people that supposed to be in the, in the upper room? Or was it just, did it dwindle down? Because sometimes in the midst of waiting, we get weary in well-doing. And sometimes we can miss the harvest that God has for us. So Paul says, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap, or at the appointed time you will reap. So continue to pray, continue to seek him, continue to spend time, because all that you're doing, God is watching. He's watching how you're stewarding your time now. He's watching what you're doing with your time as you're doing with all the things that you have to do. God is mindful of it all. And, and believe it or not, all that you're doing is in preparation to help you steward bigger things. And so God is just there waiting, wanting you to hang on in there, hang on in there, stay in there, keep contending. Because there is an appointed time for everything that he has spoken concerning your life to come to pass. <clears throat> there is a beginning time and there is an ending time. And so nothing just continues to go on and go on and go on and never come to pass. God will speak something and at the appointed time it's supposed to happen. And then that time, in that in-between time, is your time to prepare, to get ready, to increase your capacity, to be ready to receive, 
to, to pull on heaven to get the instructions you need, to get the wisdom so you can have the wisdom steps of how to proceed, to get you ready to step into what God has for you. We don't want things to catch us off. Things shouldn't catch us off guard, but sometimes they do because we're not connected enough to the one that knows all things. We, we should know. We should, be we should be checking in with him daily. Whether you get 15 minutes a day to check on him, that's more than enough. Jesus said, if a mustard seed, and you all know what a mustard seed is, is the smallest seed. And that, that's, that small of a faith can move mountains. Well, if that's the case, then 15 minutes a day with the Lord can do a lot. 15 minutes, because it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality. Are you engaged the full 15 minutes? Because you could spend an hour praying and and you were only engaged 10 minutes <clears throat> because you were your mind went wandering off on the bills or on this or this thing or that thing here. Because sometimes it is hard to engage God when you got your ticker running with things happening. That's where you that's why when I when when people come on to Zoom tonight on Monday nights, that's why I have the music on. <clears throat> I have the music for them to soak, to just release all the, the challenges of today and fully engage. Because it is hard to engage sometimes the word or even God himself when you got your ticker saying, um, I got this going, I got this going, I need to do this, I'm not, I'm not feeling well. Or all these things that go on in our daily life that run across our head. And it's nice to just get in that space and just sit in his presence and allow him to wash us, allow him to refresh us, allow him, <clears throat> allow us to give us an opportunity to take all that we're dealing with and say, Jesus, I just place it in your hands. In this moment, I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. I just want to be connected. I want to hear your heart. I want to hear your voice. I want you to speak to me. It's when we get in that space that we can hear him, that he can, then he reveals, he speaks, he he, he, he directs and he'll give you solutions. That's what he does. So prayer is, is so important. It's not just for this season time between Pentecost, uh, Passover and Pentecost, but prayer is something we need to be praying because it's the will of the father going to be done here on earth through who? Through us. As we pull on heaven, as we contend, as we pray, as we seek him, as we acknowledge him. The reason why David, King David was so um, was so successful <clears throat> out of outside of his two a couple of indiscretions he had was that he always sought the Lord. He would always inquire of the Lord, what should I do? He would always acknowledge the Lord in all his ways so that God can direct his path. He would always do that. His son Solomon wrote Proverbs and put that in there. But David was the one that spoke to him and gave him instruction that you are always to seek the Lord. You are always to ask God, What's your will and way in this? What's your direction in this? <laughs> Give me your wisdom in this. Amen. We need to. Because when, when you do, then you're allowing the shepherd, who is your shepherd, to lead you. Because we say, we quote that scripture, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He lead me beside the still waters. But it's the Lord truly your shepherd. Because when you understand a shepherd and a sheep, the sheep, follows where the shepherd is leading it even takes them to the green pastures the sheep don't tell the shepherd we don't like those we don't like them pastures we like the pastures over there the sheep don't tell them that the sheep follow where the shepherd takes them 
and makes them lie down. He even leads them to the still water because the shepherd knows. Our shepherd is the good shepherd who knows what we have need of, knows everything you have need of, knows everything you have need of from season to season, from moment to moment. The question is, do we trust him? Do we put our trust in him? Can we put our trust in him? Do or do we, or most importantly, do we allow the shepherd to be the shepherd? Because he has all the answers. So in other words, God should be such a center of our lives that we run to him first and then let him direct our steps because this, God does use people. God does connect us and use uh, connect us to the right people. But when we go to him first, God ensures that we will be directed to the right people <laughs> so that you can get what you need, so that you can do the things that you need to do. Because why? His will and way is meant for you to prosper. His will and way is meant for you to excel. To find the Bible says this, he told Joshua, if you want to be successful in the promised land, he said, don't let the word of my, word of the word of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it daily. He said, so that your way would be prosperous and you would find success. He told him that because it was important because now Joshua's mentor, Moses, was not there to lead. He was moved on. So he's the leader now. And so how am I going to effectively lead all these people? Or, or I'll even bring it home to you. How are you going to effectively lead the people you are in charge of? Your family, your household. How are you going to bring your household under the mighty hand of the God? Except that you would do the things that will cause you to prosper and be successful. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ Jesus. As you see me following Jesus and it looks right, it looks like Jesus, then you, you follow me because I'm there. I'm supposed to, as your leader, to lead you to the good places. I'm here to point you to where Jesus is. I'm here to direct you to where he is. I'm not to lead you to stray. I lead you astray. And that's, and that's so important. And even as we spend time in prayer, John, uh, John 10 talks about the stranger and the, and the good shepherd. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Why did he say his sheep know his voice? Well, because because he's speaking, he said, them that are in relationship with me, them that commune with me, them that talk to me, recognize my voice. And the stranger, they don't follow. So the stranger is the strange voice that does not sound like Jesus. Now, there are times when your flesh or the enemy will try to come as an angel of light, will try to mask itself and make it sound like the, the will of the Lord. But mind you, all wisdom from heaven is there's peace there's purity there's righteousness and it appeals to the spirit the will of god worldly wisdom in the book of james talks about that worldly wisdom is sensual it is demonic because why it appeals to the flesh it appeals to what you want. It appeals to what you desire. And it pulls on that. And sometimes if you don't have enough discernment, you haven't spent enough time in that space to hear, to understand God's voice and know it, to discern that, you can be fooled and thinking, oh, this sounds like the Lord because this feels right. But know that we don't walk by, we walk by faith, not by sight. We don't walk by, we don't walk by the things that that appeal to our senses because here's the interesting thing about that if you don't get past the senses if you don't get beyond those that space where we need to feel and 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 experience 
It's good to experience and feel the Lord. But there should be a knowing in your spirit because he said, I am with you, that you should take him at his word. Even when you do not feel him and experience him, you should know he is with you and that he's more present when you can't feel him than when you can. See, because when God manifests his presence, he manifests his presence at a certain, a certain amount, a certain measure. He can fill the room. He can just be on you. He can, he can rest. He can move and expand out. But when he's not manifesting his presence, he is more present with you. He is more, you just can't feel him. He says, I'm with you. And you need to know that. Why? Because why anything that the enemy is going to do, he's going to appeal to the senses. The Bible speaks of lying wonders. What are lying wonders? Lying wonders are things that appear to be God, but they have a demonic demon attached to it. Give you an example. In uh, the 1970s, there was a, a mighty move of God that happened in Indonesia. And these uh, Presbyterian uh, Indonesian churches experienced like uh, Pentecost revival fire happening, a uh, lot of supernatural things. They saw dominion over the animals. But one of these things they did was they went to different places sharing their story. They went to this island and they went to this island and there were, there were the, the witch doctor and the chief and everybody there. And so they came to this island and the chief said, what, 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 do, you, what, what do you want? says we want to bring Jesus here. Uh we don't need Jesus. We we got our we got our God. He's been with us for thousands of generations. He he heals us. He gives us food, he gives us rain. He he does everything that we need. He's talking about a demonic spirit performing lion wonders. And these people didn't even know they were enslaved to a demonic spirit until you meet the real thing. And so the, the 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 five missionaries said, well, well, let us just pray. He says, okay. So what we'll do, I'll gather all my people and all the people and we'll see, you know, whose God is God. And so all the people came and they were all standing there proud and just knowing that uh, their God is going to show them up. And these five missionaries said, prayed and said, Lord, we just thank you that you're here today. We just ask that you would just reveal yourself to these people in Jesus' name. That was all. Very simple prayer. When he opened his eyes, the man, the chief, and all the other people's face were in horror. They were like afraid. And he asked them, he said, what's going on? He said, "My our demons, the, our God just left. He's running. He said, the moment you mention Jesus... That demon said, I don't want no problems with him and left. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and then in that space, these people were just humble, prayed a simple prayer, and God manifested himself. Now, the Bible didn't say, the Bible, the book doesn't say that the Lord, like, his presence came out and they felt it. No, they just prayed a simple prayer and God allowed them demons to see and, they, and them demons were like, whoa, wait, Jesus is here? Oh, no, we're out. They were out. 
So there are times you can pray prayers. You may not feel the presence, but it's moving in the spirit to do something. The Bible even says that the angels move what? At, for the heirs of salvation, they move at every word. Psalms 103 said they move for the word of God. So when you be decreeing things or you're speaking scripture, the angels respond to the words that you're speaking and they move on those things. They move in the realm of the spirit to bring about those things here in this realm. Are you, you guys getting what I'm saying? So it's important. Prayer is in a tool for us to get into the realm of the spirit and begin to judicate and govern over things and move things so that these things here in the natural can be moved. Because there is a spirit behind things. It isn't just a, a human flesh. There is a spirit that's puppet mastering things that wants to fight against the people of God. But they can't because the people of God is greater. And if we utilize the tools that Jesus gives us, we can, we can be successful. So he tells Joshua, you don't let go of my word. If you let go of my word, of my law, my will, my way, your way will not be prosperous or successful. So we need to hold on to God's word. We need to hold on to his word because his word is instrumental when we're praying. When you pray God's word back to him, it's a beautiful thing for him to hear his word being prayed back to him. A scripture that you're trusting God or standing on and you just pray it back to the Lord. It's like it's like honey to God's ear. God loves to hear his word because he loves to hear his children faithing and trusting in his word. And, and when we do it, we are releasing something. We are releasing him into our situation to do what only he can do. Does that make sense? And so prayer is important at any time. There are times and seasons throughout the year where prayer for me will intensify. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll step up my prayer time and I'll pray even throughout the day. I'll just be in the spirit in my, in, under my breath just praying just as I'm at work or I'm driving somewhere because there's just this sense of, of connecting with heaven and pulling in the will of God here on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what they were praying on that in those 10 days. They were praying God's will be done. What was God's will being done? The Holy Spirit was coming to fill them with fire. And he was not just coming to fill them with fire, but it was the deutimous part of the Holy Spirit that empowered them. Because the Holy Spirit comes in two forms. There is the deutimus and there is the kretos. The kretos is the inner man. So when Jesus in John 20, in John, John chapter 20, and when Jesus came through the wall and prepared under them and scared them and told them, don't be afraid, it's me. And they saw that it was Jesus. Jesus said, receive the spirit. He, he breathed on them and they received the spirit. And so the, the, the spirit came inside to live in them. That's the kretos. That's the, the, that's the Holy Spirit, the inner man. That's what gives us the ability to say no, to say yes. It's God's ability to be able to put this flesh under subjection. What they were praying for on the day of Pentecost was power, deutimus, to come upon them, but to activate them. And to activate what? The word, the things they have witnessed in Christ Jesus. When that power came upon them, it activated them, it, it woke them up, it gave them understanding because why? In the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, there are seven strands. There's the Spirit of the Lord, there's a, the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of understanding, the Spirit of counsel, the Spirit of power. 
the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And so all those things came upon the disciples or upon the believer when you receive the Holy Spirit. And they spoke with other tongues as an evidence that something had taken place, that they had changed, they, they had shifted, that they had pivoted, that now they were headed in this direction. Now they are ready to go to the utmost parts of the world. They're ready to go to Jerusalem. They're ready to go to Samaria. They're ready to go to the utmost parts. They're ready to go where God is ready to send them. And so we need to wait on the Lord because the disciples could not move if they did not wait those 10 days, they would have missed the most amazing thing that we take advantage of today. Moses did the same thing. When he found out he was a deliverer, he was trying to save his people, but he was trying to move ahead of schedule. He didn't know how to connect with the Lord. He was trying to do it in his own his own way and had to flee, had to leave his 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 uh his royalty to go live in the desert 40 more years. And then he met God. And then God finally tells him who you truly are. We need to stay in communion with the Lord. We need to stay connected to him. We need to allow him to direct our steps because it's so important for him to direct our steps in this present season. And I believe even as we step forward, getting closer and closer to Pentecost, there's there's something, there's a pivoting that some of you are going to do that you're going to pivot right into another direction. You're going to head another direction. And we see that we're pivoting when we are in basketball, when you play basketball, you may get the ball and you're pivoting, moving back and forth, trying to find either a person to pass the ball to or a better way to, sh to get closer to the rim so you can shoot the ball. And so when we pivot, we are shifting ourselves to gain the advantage. And so the Lord is going to allow you to pivot to gain the advantage, to step into what you're supposed to step into. But then there's this activating. There's something about Pentecost that activates, that, that activates. I, I think it's, 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 it's also the time where the Lord came to them in Mount Sinai, but he came again in Jerusalem in uh, the day of Pentecost when the church was born. I believe there's something about Pentecost that activates new things, that allows new things to be activated and for us to step into these new things. And that's why we ought to be praying. We ought to be praying in the spirit because you're increasing your capacity and you're preparing yourself to host the new things that God wants to do. Because why? Pente uh, Passover is, is, is by the biblical standard is the first day of the year of the new year i know people they 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 um they establish raha shashana as the jewish new year but that is the civil new year that the jews put together because they believe god created the earth during that time in the fall season but it was the lord himself in the book of exodus and uh exodus 12 that said let this be the first month of the new year so Passover is actually the first feast of the new year. And so you are stepping into a reset. And so Pentecost is the second feast of the new of the new season. And these are special times that God is releasing things out of heaven onto the earth. And we ought to be praying. I don't believe them praying one time 
let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven and they receive the Holy Spirit I believe it's something that we continue can contend for because it is it is the model prayer to pray God's will to be done here on earth to shift things here not just in our city in our state uh, in our nation in the world because there are a lot of things that are moving and shaking and the saints of God need to be praying there are a lot of things that are moving and shaking in your very life right now and you should be praying and you should be gathered together with those that will pray with you so that what because the Bible says one can put a thousand to flight two can put ten thousand and three and so on so you got some believers that will stand with you and pray Things will move in the heavens. Things will move in the spirit so that you can see God's plan and his will and way happen for you here on earth as it is in heaven. And so prayer is important. We want to pray, especially in this season, because these feast times are made for us. They are made for us. And God wants to really talk to his people. He really wants to connect with us. Amen. And so that was my thought for tonight. My thought for tonight was that the Lord was saying to wait on him. He told the disciples, wait. Go wait in Jerusalem 10 days. Go wait and pray. Go wait and seek me. Go wait and lean in. Wait. Wait. Why? Because you cannot go until you receive something that's going to empower you, that's going to activate you, that's going to shift some things for you that's going to cause you to be able you got to wait until what the doors open you got to wait until the way is made so while you're waiting contend contend in the spirit in the spirit until you feel what that come upon you and you're released to go and trust me when you're released to go you're going to take off like a rocket because God moves quickly and that's what prayer does. Prayer keeps you in step, keeps you in line, keeps you ready and in and, and, and step. Because the Bible says, behold, one of the attributes of God is this. He says, behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me. So God is a fast mover. He, he is long-suffering when he wants to be long-suffering. But when God is ready to move, he is, he is quick and his reward is. So he's ready to do what needs to be done. But are you ready? Have you been in step? Are you in step with him? Because what if he actually told you, get up, let's go, time to move. Well, God, where are we going? Time, let's go, get this go. Let's get, I've seen God do that. <laughs> get up, time to go, let's, it's time to move. And, and a lot of times people don't want to serve God, don't want to go that deep with the Lord because walking like that, and it's like, well, isn't that out of order? No, that's not out of order. He's the God of order. Trust me, everything he does is right. And he's going to lead you to the right place. He's going to do the right things. But are you ready to walk through the doors? If he opened the door today, are you ready to walk through that door? Probably not. Because sometimes in the midst of waiting, we lose that excitement. We lose that anticipation. We lose that. We lose that because we think, oh, man, this has been going on for a long time. Maybe this is not going to happen. Who said it wasn't going to happen? The Lord never said it was not going to happen. God never told you he, he, that he's a liar. He's an Indian giver. He, he took it back. The Lord never stopped believing. So why are you stopped believing? The moment he spoke it, he spoke it in faith to you. He believes it. It's ready to take shape and form 
in your life to form your life. Do you know God, when he speaks things and the word of God jumps out at you, it's his word that fitly framing your life. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter uh, chapter 11, verse 3, it says, he spoke the world into existence. He fitly framed it with his word. And so when God speaks to you, he is framing the world, the life he wants to give you. The life that he had in mind when you were with him before you were ever here. And if we are ready to move and step with him, we will get the very things that we're supposed to get at the appointed time. And so are you ready for the appointed time? Are you mindful of the appointed time? If you have, if you don't spend enough time in prayer, you, you can miss God. If you get busy with the busyness, you can miss the Lord. You can miss your appointed time. And God doesn't want you to miss it. He doesn't want you to miss it. He wants you to step into it. He really does. He gets no excitement or pleasure by you missing your moments. Because if he, if you're grieved, he, the Bible says he touched by everything we're touched by. So if you're grieved, trust me, your father in heaven is grieved. That's how much he loves you. So he's saying, be in step with me. Be in communion with me. Even if it's just 15 minutes a day. Make that 15 minutes so intentional. Now, others on here, you may be able to pray a little bit longer than that. That's fine. Go ahead, but be intentional. Be all in with it. Why? Because when you do, you're going to be in step and be ready when he says, turn left, turn right, stand still. Don't do anything. I got this. Do this here. I got you covered. And when you're able to move in him, you're going to see the fruit because God's intention is for your way to be prosperous in all that you do. But we got to hold our part up. So will you allow him to fitly frame your life? Will you trust him to bring in the right things in your life? He knows what you have need of before you even ask. He already knows the things that are supposed to eat in your life for this life in every season you get. We sometimes treat God like he doesn't know. Oh, go ahead, let me, I need this. And God, I need this. And God, I need this. And Lord's like, are you serious? <laughs> you you know who you're talking to, right? I, I am the great I am. I am. I am everything you need. I know what you have need of. I'm the one sent you here. I know what you need at every destination point. And if you trust me and you make me the center, I'm going to add to you. I'm going to make sure you have it be even before you ask. He can do that. God can do that. God can do that. The Lord can do that. The Lord can allow you to receive what you're supposed to have when you're supposed to have it. Because God is never late. He's always on time. Sometimes we are delayed because we, you know, we we are we we human. We 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 take our time, we drag our feet. But I just want to encourage you, don't get weary in well-doing. Don't get weary in trusting the Lord. Allow God, allow his patient hands to have his perfect work with you. That when he's done, you won't be lacking anything. Allow him to take you through the process. Allow him to get you from point A to point E. Because it is him that moves you from faith to faith. It is him. It is the Holy Spirit that moves you from glory to glory. It's not you. And so if it's the Holy Spirit, then I want to be in step with the Holy Spirit. I want to make such a space for the Holy Spirit that I'm always connected and in tune with him.
And again, it's about the quality of time, not about quantity. The world we live in thinks about quantity. Quality is begets quantity. When you walk a good walk with the Lord, that your quality will bring forth much, much fruit. And so we want to, we want to be consistent in all that we do. And this is not something I'm, I'm preaching to you that I don't do. I have to say yes every day. Sometimes people think because you've walked long with the Lord, it's easier for you. No, it ain't. it's just as hard for me as it is for you. Because you got to remember, with people that have walked long with the Lord, understand this. There are times when they've had to experience what it is to wait. I know what it is to make a mistake and have to wait. I know what it is to have to wait because it was just God's plan for me to wait because the season had not come. So I, I understand those things. And sometimes walking, you can get weary. As a human being, we can get weary. You can. And that's why we, our yes is a yes every day. Our encouragement that we need, uh, we need to stay before the face of God to be encouraged every day. I encourage myself every day in scripture. I, I keep the, 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 the songs before me to feed my spirit. Why? Because my spirit needs to be encouraged every day. Because the enemy can tempt me just as fast as he can tempt the person that just got saved a few minutes ago. You get what I'm saying? So we, this yes that we say is yes every day. Yes, I want to commune with you. Yes, I'm going to continue to do this. Yes, I'm going to hold on and trust you because I know that our God will never fail. He will never, ever fail. He will never lead us astray. And even in the midst when it is crazy and when it is a little shaky, God is still faithful. I don't care what you are going through. God is still faithful. His word is still true and he will still bring you through. So while we are waiting, are you waiting with prayer? Are you just waiting, holding the seat? Because when they waited with prayer, something happened. And I'm here to tell you that if you wait and you contend with prayer, something is going to happen. What God intended is going to happen for you. And all he asks is that you just believe in him. He's got the rest. Make him the center. He's got the rest. Make him your focus. He knows when to add to you. That's just who he is. Amen? Amen. So, Father, we thank you tonight for this opportunity to just learn of you, to feast on your word, to, eat, to learn what it is to just hold on to you. Father, I pray that you would give them new strength and new grace to hold on, that you would send encouragement their way, Lord, that you would send encouraging scriptures to jump out of them, Lord, as they rest tonight, Lord, that you would speak to them while they're resting, you would let them know, I am with you, or I got you, or I'm going to do this, Lord, that you would reveal to them and allow what you reveal to bring such hope. And allow the hope to fuel their belief and their trust in you. Father, I pray that you would allow your words at, to come to life, to be tangible. The Bible says the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld the glory. Father, I thank you that we are going to behold the glory of promises that have been waiting to come. Lord, we're going to behold the glory of things that, have, that are in us that are waiting to come forth. Father, I thank you today that we are in a season that we're being transformed. 
Father, that we are being transformed and we're stepping into more of who you made us to be and we're breaking away and the old person is dying away and more of the new is bringing forth. Out of this life, out of death, life is going to bring forth. That's what Jesus modeled. When he came out of the grave, life, he was the first fruits of them that slept and we are the first fruits that came after him. And so, Lord, we speak life. Lord, the areas that are dormant, the areas that have just been in waiting, Father, I pray that you would begin to strengthen, that you would begin to mount them up and get them ready, that you would begin to expand their capacity because they're going to reap the harvest. They're going to step into what God has for them. They're going to soar. They're going to run faster. They're going to walk with such intensity. They're going to walk with such strength because you are with them. Father, I bless all that they're doing, whether it is work, school, whatever it is, Lord, that you would give them the grace to finish strong. That which they begun, you are more than able to help them complete, and they will complete it. You will get them from point A to point B, from point A B to point C. You will get them to all the destination points they're supposed to hit in this season. And I thank you, Father, that you are getting them ready to receive those good and perfect gifts from you, those new things, those good things. And I pray that, Lord, where they lack the trust, because maybe they've been hurt, maybe they've been disappointed. The man said, Lord, I want to believe but help my unbelief. I speak, Father, that you would show them in this moment that you are with them and that you can be trusted. And you would begin to heal any disappointment. You would begin to heal and restore and restore their faith and their trust in you. Because people may fail, but God, you never fail. You never fail. Your love never fails. Who you are never fails. Your word never fails. So we put our trust in you. We, we're so grateful for who you are. And Father, I ask you to bless each and every one on here. Strengthen them and keep them. Keep your hand upon them. And Father, I pray that you would begin to just reveal to them what are the wisdom steps, what are the next steps that they're supposed to take, what are the people they're supposed to meet, what are the doors that are supposed to open, that you would reveal, reveal, and make it known unto them and so that they can walk therein and get. But I, we ultimately pray let what you've given them in heaven already be given to them on earth as it is in heaven. And we bless you today and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Amen.